0: This is the ips discord server live chat for march 1st 2024 to join just go to infiniteplanesociety.com and click on the discord link above yeah i think the way it works is they they flood the servers and we found some articles substantiating these are contractors but the fbi or the feds will have contractors go into these servers and they will deliberately throw in a bunch of memes that make you bannable and then they flag your channel. So the same people who are there spamming are likely the ones who are behind the uh, the censoring them. Standard tactic.
1: Poison the well and then you uh, uh, bring the authorities in to show how it's uh, poisoned. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: and, and this is, this has been, we've been watched this roll out, but it's just a standard practice, and it was like the same people again and again, and this is why I think it was really important to break away from Trutherville, because the Trutherville position is reactionary, everything they do is anti, as in, they're automatically going to be anti-whatever the mainstream is saying. And by taking the counter position, they leave themselves open to political warfare, including censorship. And I'm like, look, if you're a skeptic, you're not taking the anti or the pro position. You're taking no position. You're taking the perspective of the outside and what, what I you know this off-world stage thing. But my point of it is, if you're truly a skeptic, you wouldn't be advocating so hard for one of the sides like you have in agenda. So, the agenda-driven people are suspect. When you hear think about it, like, what is your... That's right. What is your agenda? When you think of like, what, what are you... What are you here for? Like, when you're here, and just from what I've heard, you seem to be someone who's seeking information, expanding your horizons by talking to new people, getting new ideas. I I wouldn't associate you with a political football, for example. You don't strike me as an activist, you've never been an advocate. But by contrast, there are people who seem like their every breath and their every post has to do with stopping Democrats from a voluntary medical procedure. You know, it's like, what is this agenda? And the agenda positions are not positions of skeptics.
1: They took some kind of bait There's the, uh, um, there's also a, a common thing among um, when someone picks a side, which is that uh, it's sort of a missionary thing. They have to aggressively uh, convert or attack um, the other side, because their utopia, be it on one side or the other, their utopia relies on consensus. So uh, if there's anyone that does not follower believes that uh, worldview, um, they either have to be converted or, or taken out, right? So, um, and that's why I think that you see these, um, these agendas playing out um, through some, some you could say that, that are agents, but others are just uh, what they would call useful idiots, right? So.
0: Yes, yes. And, and one thing that gives away that someone has an agenda is they have no tolerance for those who don't agree. For example, you don't agree with me, therefore you support the other side. Like I'm like, I don't really think this is an issue. and They're like, oh, so you think everybody should be forced to take this. That kind of argumentation is basically saying, if you're not with us, you're with them. And you're right, every questioner, every skeptic, every heretic threatens the cohesion of the collective. And so any of these agendas are basically collections of people gathered around some specific issue and it's very culty in a way and most of them are useful idiots and at the top of each of these groups you have somebody who's more or less i think the actual agent involved but these are not organic movements you know these are definitely part of the overall mind control structure
2: as i usually um say from
1: looking from the psychological and even spiritual standpoint, um, it's um, basically they build a, a character um, in their minds that is based upon that worldview, and anything that attacks the worldview attacks the identification with that character, with that personality, let's say, right? And so it defends itself from death, um, in, in terms of that identification, right, um, by um, trying to make the external uh, match the personality that's uh, that's uh, taken over on the inside. So the I think that the key there, uh, and this is something that in a different language and in a different way, I think you also promote. The key there is to uh, remove that believer uh, character that uh, dwells in the mind, so that it no longer there is no longer the urge even to, um, to uh, you know, force that worldview upon the external, right, uh, the others around you. So I think that, that is key to me, at least from my observation.
0: Yes, yeah, I, I think you absolutely got it, because, you know, I, I described the differences between the worldview and the real thing, and the believers are those who have been conditioned to live in their worldview. So they're on the other side of the screen, and their concept of the world, the concept of of it, that they've internalized, weighs more to them than the real thing. And when the real thing doesn't match up, they think there's something wrong with it. And their first thing is, we've got to change it. And that's idealism being implemented, You know, the road to hell being paved with good intentions. People think that they have a better vision, but they have to burn down what is first. And in all these instances, of course, the nonconformist, the person who isn't converted, is always seen as a threat. And I think this is one of the themes we've seen in all these like zombie movies where it's all about quarantine and the biggest threat is the person outside knocking on the door who wants to be let in. And then they have to decide, do we risk the group to allow one person in? And the message there is the individual is expendable in order to save the collective.
1: Yes, you've, uh, you've more or less stated uh, just now something that is also very important. Which is that uh, the one that doesn't buy into any of the uh, two sides of, uh, of a bifurcation uh, is seen as more of a threat even than the other side. And I've, I've heard this said uh, several times um, in, different, in different ways, where, for example, a, a Christian would say that someone who isn't um, a Christian but also isn't on the other side actively is even worse than a satanist for example you know um, using that particular bifurcation um i don't know if you've observed that as well
0: yeah i think there is something to that the the non-believer is more of a threat than the person who believes the counter to the dominant and they don't have a way to deal with the non-believer at this point for example even in like a religious context the Protestant and the Catholics and the Muslims, they can fight and debate for centuries and none of them threaten the, the world view they share, the Abrahamic faiths and the basic worldview. But the atheist who doesn't accept any of their sides at all is a threat to all of them. And he's a threat not because he believes in a bigger, better God, but because he doesn't believe in any of them. He doesn't have a need for it. That he shows it's possible not to be plugged into one of those. And yeah, the the knower, the skeptic, the one who's outside of the
2: world of belief you know they burn these individuals at the stake for a reason yeah well let me know if anyone else wants to join in
0: yeah this is our first well not our first time but it's really the um our return to uh, discord as a think tank forum for talking outside of the phones, outside of the live streams, but I think this is going to be a very productive overall. And of course, if you have anything you want to discuss later on tonight, you know you can bring it up here or post it here and we'll take it into consideration. But um, yeah, I, I guess the main thing here is, of course, we live in a world of believers and they're ruled over by knowers. By knowers, I mean those in the know at the top of this pyramid thing. And we kind of arrive here, emerge here, as a group in the know, but we're not in the club. We didn't climb that pyramid. So we're kind of anomalous here in that we've obtained information that wasn't meant to be part of Trutherville, which is why Trutherville doesn't welcome us because we're not part of any of their agendas. And instead of just looking at these things as anomalous, we've continued to dig and dig and mine these different paths. And it just seems like the more we aggregate here, the more we can form a, a distinct breakaway. And I don't know where this ends up. I really don't. I don't know where it ends up. You know, we're,
2: we're in new territory. Oh, well, I don't think we're supposed to know even. It's something that
1: we find out along the way. Um, I mean, if we, look, if we look back at ourselves, let's say, I don't know, uh, 20 years ago or something, uh, we'll find We'll find ourselves very, very different back then and our worldviews and our perspectives for whatever the future might have been, um, very different. So I think it's it's not something that we're really supposed to know beforehand, but that we're supposed to observe um, at all times, I would say.
2: Well,
0: speaking for myself, I, I can think back 10 years ago, watching ISS... Video thinking it was real, even though I had years behind me as a video editor and worked with special effects and all the various Final Cut Pro effects, green screen, chroma key, and I, I should have known I was looking at a simulation, but it didn't occur to me. And that's how powerful this system is the world view creating mechanism of mass media when you're in that world of belief because you live in that subjective world we all we all have our subjectivity but they push us through the screen so we live more in a movie enhanced reality than in just reality and this is everywhere you know and i would liken it to being in a religious cult in many ways you are in an alternate reality what do you think of elon musk and i don't know if this is mocking us specifically but elon musk saying people who get their news from legacy tv live in a fake alternate reality. He said that last night.
1: Yeah, well, uh, of course, that's uh, that's an accurate statement, but then it leaves out that his... Um, him as a source is also promoting uh, a different... Uh, a virtual reality of sorts. Uh, so a, a, an alternate universe, uh, putting it in his words. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's like using a fact... To promote yourself um, by and by projection, um, deviating um, yourself, your own uh, uh, personality from scrutiny. So I think that's that's the tactic used there. Uh, and of course, uh, people are going to say, "Well, but you see, he he said something that was true. He, he he's uh, he's um, you know uh, exposing all this. No, he's not. Uh, what he's doing is gaining credits." let's say, earning credits by pointing a fact on the other side that in fact also exists in him as a character, as a, a world character, let's say, a, a figure in, in the stage, right?
0: Yes. Yeah, so he,
1: I would say, I would think it's that.
0: Yeah. yeah, it is accurate. He makes an accurate statement, but instead of making a statement from, look at these subjective belief systems, putting people into alternate realities, he's like, those guys on the left or those mainstreamers are in the alt reality but all the while making it seem like those people who aren't part of the mainstream are in a realer version or they are in the real world and that's the big trick truthers think they have stepped out of the box they've exited the matrix and it's like no you went deeper in you made a wrong turn it's fascinating to watch because when you look at alt media as a subset of mainstream you have to recognize that these individuals who have, quote, woken up are going to have to confront the fact that they've been tricked, and their egos may not allow them to make the return trip. They may just dig in deeper, especially when it's fear-based. I mean, I get into daily uh, debates on Twitter about things that I'm not afraid of. People really cling to their fears, like uh, bitter clingers.
2: It
1: is. You have to. It is all fear based on on the side of the mainstream and on the side of, uh, like you name them, trutherism, and it has to be uh, fear based because um, trauma uh, precedes mind control. So um, you have to uh, induce a certain state of um, traumatic uh, fear, let's say, traumatic uh, strain, uh, to then leave uh the the ego let's say weak enough not to um stand in the way of external influence so i think that that is uh, of course key and that's why fear permeates everything i mean from the mainstream to trutherism uh, fear is always there it's a constant whether it's uh, well war is real uh, you know uh, uh there was this explosion that shooting whatever um from um, you know uh, the the other side as well. Um, that there's all these uh, occults uh, doing uh, things that I mean maybe they do, maybe they don't. But we don't see actual evidence um, coming coming to the fore of it happening. But it's all based on the same uh, uh, fear that actually traumatizes and erodes the the ego. The ego is supposed to be the guardian of the mind, the decision maker. And it erodes that ego to the point where it's then um, uh, um, vulnerable to, to influence from the outside. And then they they present what we could name a savior, which doesn't matter if it is uh, presented as that or not, but like an escape valve that those weakened egos will immediately take, like Trump is, for example. Um, they will take it because they have been traumatized before by all the uh, the fear, you understand. Um, and it works the same way for for both sides.
0: Yeah, I I think you're onto something. You know, the there's this MK Ultra conspiracy theory, which you know conjures up ideas of like you know Clockwork Orange and someone being put in a room and evil psychiatrists and scientists programming them. And I think it's real, but I don't think it needs to be like this personal one-to-one mind control session, but I think MK Ultra exists collectively. Trauma-induced mind control. 9-11, for example, but any major event or reoccurring scenario, that taps into fear. And, you know, fear is necessary. We need our pain response to exist in this world. It's what protects us. It's important messaging. And our fear responses are targeted for exploitation. And that's pretty much how this thing is maintained, scarcity, fear, and a fear of the other is a huge yeah. one, insecurity. I mean, this is where I, I think it's all mind war. Like, why is it that left wing is open borders, open to aliens, open their skin to any injection, and then the right wing is like, my skin is closed, my door is locked, my borders locked, and aliens are evil. So one side is open, one side is closed, and that's because one side has been taught that total security lies with big state government. And the other side has been taught you should be totally insecure about the other side. So they're waging mind war, and the people who cross over into being believers are in a state of inner war at all times. The only way to have inner peace, I believe, is to step out of the mind war. And nobody's deeper in the mind war than the truthers, which is such a brilliant trap if you think about it. The people who would escape get dragged in deeper.
2: And if
1: you notice, um, it's uh, the threat is never carried uh, carried through, because if it was, I mean, if uh, if someone threatens you, I'm going to punch you, right? Uh, the fear of being punched uh, will keep you in that trauma, let's say. While if he just comes around and punches you, then it's done, and you can respond. Uh, the fear is gone because now you're in a different mode. You're in uh, in an actual action mode, so you can actually. Act upon what already happened, and pick up the pieces, and you know, uh, get yourself up and and respond in a certain way. Uh, but if the uh, it's all uh, maintained at a level of being afraid of getting a punch, then uh, uh, it erodes. Like I said, it erodes that guardian of the mind, uh, and it will get eventually to. Uh, it can get not necessarily that it, it works for everyone, but it can get to a point where. The defenses are down, and the external influence, a sort of mind control external influence, can then uh, um, be inserted, let's say.
0: Absolutely. I think you nailed it. Because it seems like truthers are in a defensive posture. Like they're crouching, getting ready to be force-jabbed, or they're holding onto their guns because their guns are about to be grabbed. Well, if they ever made the attempt to force-jab, or they ever made a gun-grab attempt... Then it would be the card has been played; they cannot use it again. And I think this ties into their strategy rules for radicals. Saul Alinsky, you know, coached Obama and Clinton. Alinsky's rule number nine is the threat of the thing is more terrifying than the thing itself. And yeah, we see that
1: all the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that that it is exactly to maintain that. Um that flux or that uh, feed of, um, of trauma uh, constant, uh, constant, or at least, um, well, if, if with different intensities to maintain it uh, uh, flowing in that direction. Um, because some, some people are, are, are already have the, uh, the ego weakened by other means, and so they're easier to break in that sense, but others um, require more time and more exposure. So it has to be constant. And another thing that we observe as well is um, a, a lie has to be constantly reinforced, right so it, it it's not enough to for, for a lie to be spread once and it remains forever because it will be exposed to scrutiny. it will be um, it will eventually dissolve because it's not it's not a fact. it's not true. it's it doesn't add up. So it has to be constantly reinforced. And if you look at, if you really look at uh, um, the way lies work, they always have a certain connection to fear, a certain connection. To, the lie is always about something um, that is um, related in some way to, uh, to fear, and they need to be reinforced to maintain that perception-based uh, virtual reality, otherwise there is the risk that um, the individuals will simply uh, look at it and, oh, wait, this isn't true, and move on and go on to other, um, you know, go on with their lives to other, to other aspects. So uh, yeah, if you, if you tell uh, um, something that adds up, you usually only need to say it once and it will remain there, sort of in the background uh, of your mind, um, and you can even use it as a reference years and years later, and you may may even have forgotten where you heard it or who said it, right? But something that adds up to to uh, a fact that that you can verify that you can actually see and and test in the world will remain with you. A lie will dissolve over time, so it needs to be reinforced constantly
0: yeah, that that probably explains the repetition and the need for constantly repeating themes. And, uh, you know, I've even, I've even just suggested recently that predictive programming is no more complicated than that. They can't just have the same news story again and again, because it would be repetitive, but you could have it repeated in the media a thousand times before they show it to you on the news and then you have it mission accomplished they've repeated the lie enough 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 to where you believe it they make it real in the news now it's real for all time so they're able to augment our realities through this constant you know, repetition and you know if they didn't repeat it the stuff would dissipate I don't think they can shut off the internet and black us out because we would then have contrast between their alternate reality game and the real thing and people who go camping, people who leave the internet for a little while, they go into the meatverse fully and experience the difference. But for most people, because of jobs and just your daily life necessitates it, you can't unplug from this matrix. There's like It's impossible to go off the grid for very long and to not be constantly exposed mm-hmm. to everything that they're repeatedly drilling into our heads. And even if you're like, I can't watch the news, it's just like too much. I'm just going to watch Netflix. You watch Netflix and it's literally what you just saw on the news, just dramatized.
2: Yes. What is your opinion on
1: um, your or anyone in the room um, on uh, why um, they don't uh, really make an effort, for example, for the ISS um, footages and that sort of thing? Why don't they really, make an effort to use all um, the know-how that they have about, you know, movie magic and all that to present um, what would be more realistic um, videos and uh, footage of, of supposedly the uh, the ISS. And therefore, it seems like, of course, to me, it, it seems obvious that they leave the flank open on purpose um, for or a, bifur- a bifurcation to, to occur there. Um, but what is your your opinion there?
0: Um, yeah, I'll give you my opinion, and then if anybody else wants to answer, why is NASA's special effects department so crappy? Uh, I, I think it's one of two yeah. things. Uh, one, they have a shallower pool of talent to draw from working on secret government projects than Hollywood. Or two, like what you're saying, it could be that they're intentionally allowing for there to be a leak that way they can control the leak like a limited hangout for example for decades there have been professional moon landing debunkers but none of them question the existence of space itself so when i i look at that i'm like you know what it could be what the second thing that you said there the latter that they're actually maybe leading people to the truth in order to limit how much truth actually gets out there Anybody else?
2: Well, I'll say say that um, it's what I've seen is that when people are true to true believers like they are with the space program and space shit, they don't need that high of a level. We've seen shit right in front of people's faces, like all the clips of Biden. And you can't
1: tell a lefty that voted for Biden that there's anything wrong with that at all. And
2: you could show it right to their face and they are not going to see it. They just don't want to see that. It's out of their belief system completely. I am yes. a- Yeah. Well, for, for some, it's out of their belief,
1: but there will be a group of people that um, will will take that and then will be directed towards um, towards uh, let's say uh, the the other side of of a bifurcation. Uh, you know. So the, that that is uh, what I think happens there because it's so obvious that. Um, I mean, someone who has at least some um, some neutral observation on on things that they will they will see the, the the you know the water bubbles and the and the the guy going with his head through the through the roof of the ISS, for example, and the and all the all those little glitches, let's call them, um I think that they're there also to for for those that are at a let's say, deeper level of observation to then find, and, of course, all the search engines and um, social media will, of course, divert the keywords towards uh, certain uh, um, channels and uh, and that sort of thing so that they're exposed then to the other side of a, of a bifurcation, I, I would say, uh, wonk. That's a
0: really great point about how people are stuck in their belief systems and uh, D train says here the interest around the world of space and the general public was close to zero it's important for the controllers to have it in the general consciousness but not more and that's a very good point here most people are very shallow in their understanding of space they're just very surface they see it as um, like a news story but they don't dig deep and this is important to point out because truthers are in their own little alternate reality where we're more informed about the stuff we don't believe in, than the people who believe in it. It's sort of like, a lot of people go to church, they've never read the Bible, and the atheist has memorized it, but the atheist can't convince them that there's any merit to their arguments, because they're talking to a believer. And I think it's true, what uh, D-Train said here, that the public just isn't all that into it. Like, flat-earthers know more about heliocentrism than believers in heliocentrism. And that is an important dynamic for them to maintain, that is more or less keeping the public distracted from looking too close. And so when they do look at it or you do offer a question, it's just outside of their range of experience. It's never been even questionable. So I, I yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. It's like you're talking to somebody on the other side of a plexiglass screen and they can't hear you.
1: Yes, it's like the 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 people that said that yeah, the moon landing footage was fake But there was a true moon landing happening that they didn't film you know that kind of thing so it it validates um it validates the the existence of space which is uh, not proven um by any other means other than the footage proven in, in the sense of attempt to prove um by any other means than the uh the footage that they present which is obviously full of problems, right? So um, this,
2: using that example in particular, but it applies to all others, uh, I think.
3: And I don't think they're using the footage to convince anyone. It's just, it's just, hey, let's throw this evidence out there that we that we did what we said we were going to do. But they don't have to convince you with video footage. So they can just tell you, and people believe it.
2: Yep, 100%. Yeah, for those,
1: yeah. Yeah, for those whose guard is is already down, for those whose uh, uh, whose guardian of the mind, let's say, has been beaten down over a long period of time, to um, to basically be almost non-existent, and so they can just be told uh, what it is,
2: and they go with it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, because I I'll admit, you know, I I believe I believed it for a long time. But but not because I saw it in a video. It's just I yeah, we yelled just it. believed it. I think right? we yelled it. Because, because everyone else believed it. But I didn't need video evidence to convince me that it was true. I just believed it was true. Yes, yeah. the default.
0: And that's when I say the mainstream mediated mind or the massified mind, the person who's still in a Truman Show, I'm just referring to the person who has accepted the reality they've been presented with, as Christoph said in the movie Truman Show, that, You have no reason to question the default reality because the presumption is it's been vetted. All these smart people and media wouldn't have allowed some blatant lie to get through because it would destroy their credibility. So you just have this false sense of security and trust that the media is just a window to the world. And so by not looking at it critically or skeptically from the very inception, we're led into the default alternate reality game. And you're not given any reasons to question it. So I, I can understand the default belief, the MSM-mediated mind. But the people who question it are the ones, of course, who get sucked into the trutherville, which is even deeper of a,
1: of a deception.
2: And it becomes
1: a, a different default. Um, even though it's not the mainstream default, um, it eventually solidifies, let's say, um, into a different, uh, a different default, a different kind of uh, worldview that is collective as well. And uh, one of my observations is that um, most of what's going on in in society, even when it's seemingly uh, promoting a sort of a, a type of individualism, um, it's it's an individualism that uh, is based upon A collective acceptable setting let's say for example oh um the the the, that person identifies as an apache attack helicopter or whatever right um that is um reliant only it's a sort of individual supposed individual choice that is only capable of of existing in that collective mentality so it basically promotes collectivism it basically promotes Um, a shared consensus of, yeah, we're going to accept that um, you are an helicopter because you say so, right? So, your individual choice is, in fact, a collective um, worldview uh, that has been made acceptable, let's say. While if you say, no, no, uh, you're not a helicopter, you're a, you know, a man, a woman, or whatever – um that becomes that is the actual individual viewpoint like you observing individual that the actual fact that is in front of you is not a helicopter but uh, a person um is in contrast and in, in opposition to that collective uh, mentality so yeah uh, i think that everything that we have been seeing in society for decades has been uh, promoting that collective uh, that's the those acceptable sets, because it's not just one thing, but those acceptable uh, uh, sets of um worldviews, collective worldviews, always collective. it uh, it always relies on a collective consensus of some sort, um even when there's supposed individuality or supposed disagreement. Um, there's there the key points are always consensual,
0: yes, agreement over truth. And this is where you hear people like Neil deGrasse Tyson say, 97% of scientists agree, therefore it's true. As though the 3% just doesn't matter. If they don't agree, get rid of them. Agreement trumps truth. And so we do live in a consensus-based reality, and you're you're accurate in describing alternate media has become the alternate default. And it is a collectivized belief system. And so the difference between us and them, I mean, to put it in that, it's like Alt media and mainstream media are belief systems. Skeptics have rejected belief systems and have opted into knowing, which leaves us with a lot of questions. So I like to describe what we're pro-offering here as an operating system, where they have belief systems. They look for what to believe, and we look at what is actually knowable. And this is definitely putting us in the position of disagreeing with the 97% at every single turn.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. But yeah, to disagree in the
0: face of a collective or a mob takes... For, for some people, it's they can't do it. You know, I, I look at like school and, you know, that's how we were you know, raised, indoctrinated and programmed to be citizens of the Truman Show. And when we're in school growing up, it's always like, okay, you say something... And if what you say is totally off base, even if you're right, you will have, if you're disagreeing or you're going against the consensus, you'll have 30 people, your peers, the people who matter to you, laughing at you. Now, that may be nothing to some people, but, you know, I I think there's been a, a survey on this, like the greatest fears that people have, like next to the fear of dying, one of the greatest fears is public speaking. And I think that's there's a reason for it. And it has to do with the individual confronting the mob. And there's a subtle threat there about you better gauge your response, merge with it, because it's a threat to you. So I think there's some subtle coercion that goes into how we get our worldviews. And oh, yeah. they, they make it very um, punishing you know, to be a truther or to be a conspiracy theorist yeah. or to question things. They punish you for it.
1: Also, We also have to understand that uh, a group is not uh, really a sum of its individual uh, elements, but a different, it becomes a different um, entity altogether. So it's uh, a, a, an individual that is working within the framework of a group, um, will do things and say things and uh, believe in things that normally... Uh, in, in their natural individual um, standpoint, they wouldn't, right? So it becomes a different entity altogether. So it's not the the sum of the composition of, of the group that determines um, the entity, but the entity actually um, uh, inverts and regulates the individual to, to feed itself, right? And this is more or less the, the idea of the egregore, right, where... Um, First, you generate the egregore, and then the egregore regulates the individuals, right? Um, And I think that in the room, for example, here in this chat room, we have um, two specialists of exactly what you were talking about, um, of at least two that I know, uh, exactly what you're talking about, about the individual facing the group, even when, let's say, against the acceptable and the odds. Uh, one is you and another is a Cygirl, Lynn, right? So <laughs> you have a, a vast history of doing that apparently. <laughs> but you're you're the ones to uh, to talk about it with with a good background on it. You you know what you're talking about.
0: You know, I I went to a city council meeting to basically state that the ISS was, you know, fake. And I remember, the room was like full, hundreds of people, and then there's the nine council members in front of me. And, you know, I know I look like, I mean, when I go out, I'm like, okay, I'm risking being looked at as the village idiot. Somebody to to throw out of town, I'm going to be laughed at by the entire group. And there is a bit of pressure there. You know, I I was like, um, just being fully aware of the fact that I know how I'm going to look to them. Because, you know, a real person is insane or crazy or someone who's in a psychosis, they don't really have the insight to know how they look to others or how crazy they appear, or they would moderate their behaviors. But when you're aware of what you're doing, you're very full aware of the risks that you're taking, the consequences, and it can be nerve-wracking, and a lot of people are cowed by that. And the the mob psychology, which you brought up, the egregore, it's a real thing. You know, when people get into collectives and groups, they no longer respond like authentic individuals. They're part of a a superorganism. And mob psychology is very well studied. There's a lot of fascinating research on what happens when people collectivize. The diffusion of responsibility, their more aberrant traits being um, disinhibited. It's it's really a fascinating thing to watch the, the mob because, yeah, it definitely is. Not the sum total of all their parts, but rather it's like it's something else. The word egregore makes perfect sense because the yep. mob th- does then itself rule over its individual members. It's it's like a hive mind.
1: It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. The the metaphorically the Borg collective, which does not necessarily imply uh, a neural link, right? Uh, it all uh, all it needs is. Um, that the individuality is given over to this um, alternative entity uh, made up of the group that then basically just self-regulates and it behaves and and this is also an important aspect that i don't uh, I don't know if uh, many people uh, are actually aware is that mental constructs, be them uh, personas um, oh, of the individual kind or of a collective, so these entities that are generated merely as constructs, they behave uh, with the same um, copied traits of an organic living entity, which means that they also have a survival instinct. So if anything threats a mental construct, uh, be it at an individual or a collective level, it is treated as a threat and it responds in the same manner. So it can go into a, a fight or flight mode or it can go into a, a war mode even um, to eliminate the threat uh, to its own existence, even though it's a construct, even though it doesn't have a life of its own. The life is given by those who participate or uh, um, let's say, congregate um, into, into giving energy to it, right? So, so that is a, a very important aspect in my view, that it, it does behave as if it was, for example, an animal. That you're, if you go and attack an animal, the animal will do anything to survive. It will run, it will fight. It- and the that's true yes 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 their survival depends on it the 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 survival not a biological survival but their mental survival so the 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 survival of the mental construct of this personality that has taken over um uh, depends on it depends on having that worldview intact and so it uses deceit just like in nature you know an animal will camouflage will run will fight, will do whatever is necessary if it feels that there's an immediate threat. And it's the same thing. So they, anything goes in, in those modes. If, if a threat is perceived that is seen as uh, um, having a, a threat on the, the, the construct itself, even though it's not a living thing, it will behave in the same way. Yeah, absolutely.
0: You know, there's a really good book by, I think he's a bioevolutionary psychologist, Howard Bloom and he coined the term superorganism where he said you are it looks like the way he describes it is, is that you are a cell in a social beast. Uh, I put a link there, but he, he wrote another book called Global Brain: The Evolution of the Mass Mind and he's coming from a a scientism a dominant world uh, the dominant world view, you know, basically you know, he's not an outsider to any of it, but his ideas I think are very valid here with regard to the concept of the superorganism and how um, even I, you know, he, he, he's um, an excellent writer, but my point of it here is that he describes how you're no longer an individual when you get involved in these, what he calls a superorganism, what you called an egregore, and these are real things. And he describes how superorganisms fight other superorganisms. And if you look at it from that perspective, you can see that we are indeed functioning like another
2: being at these levels. Yes. Yeah. And one more thing. Um I, I mentioned this the other night. I think that the
0: mainstream mediated box does create a hive mind. In the sense that everybody's synchronized and they don't do this all the time, but if they wanted to, they could create a media event and now everybody who's plugged into it responds in the same way. 2020 was such an education because we saw the superorganism emerge. And the the mask was very symbolic because it was like, what differentiates... Like, we are in a room together, all of us right now, we all look like different people. But once we put on the mask, now we're all one. We're all the same. And the person who doesn't put it on stands out, and they're a threat to us because they're the disease spreaders. So what they did is they created this dynamic where... The people who didn't conform were literal threats to us physically and to the organism and they could kill the whole world if they're not mitigated and masked up. So the mask was both a symbol of the, the Borg, the hive mind, and the superorganism and their collective agreement, but it, it was also attached to the idea of biological survival. And then when you put it on, you lose your face. So you're sacrificing your individuality, you're effacing it by removing your face, so now you're all the same. And the only thing you can see are the eyes, which are, you know, very judgy. You see the eyes above the mask, looking at you without the mask. So what we saw was the hive mind, the superorganism, emerging through, you know, fashion, coercion, and peer pressure. And it fundamentally changed everybody, because now they're in a state of fear, fight or flight, and terrified of everybody.
1: Yes, the symbology was all there. Yeah. Um, I think that that event really, really exposed, um, that part, um, to, to, to be so obvious. Um, when before it was perhaps more of an inference, there you had, uh, you now have, um, something that you can point at just like you did, uh, where it all correlates, um, very neatly, I think. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. And
0: they're like, you're selfish. And if you think about it, okay, so the idea of selfishness and the, the is tied in with property ownership, capitalism, freedom, doing what you want versus mitigating that for the benefit of the collective. So the idea here, the dynamic that they played out was the people who still have a face are being selfish. The people who have effaced their face are being selfless. And they made the point that the selfish people are going to destroy everything. And collectivism is always against the individual, the person who clings to their self. You know, in 1984, Winston Smith's crime was getting his secret apartment and writing a book and keeping notes, and it was called Own Self. You're not supposed to have time to yourself to cultivate an individuality. And what they were doing was, destroy your individuality, sacrifice yourself for the collective, and yeah, it was played out ritually, symbolically, and we were all indoctrinated into this collectivist hive.
3: Yes.
1: Yes, it's always about, um, I think it's it's visible um, for decades that it's always about uh, promoting the several types and several, um, let's say, sets of collectivism but all collectivism, it doesn't really matter which one you choose, as long as you're in a collective setting, because it, the, the the idea is really like you just stated, to divert the attention away from the internal observation of the individual um, by giving it away to uh, or giving it over to uh, whatever group setting you feel more comfortable in. So, yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's it's visible for decades. Yes.
0: Yes. And individualism is key here when it comes to media deconstruction, because your individual perception doesn't matter if you're part of the MSM worldview. Like I see a contradiction, but the experts Mm -hmm. on TV say otherwise. So I'm going to go with them. So your eye has been deposed. You're no longer the arbiter of what you believe they are, and so you're no longer an individualist. You've been collectivized. When you step away from the screen and you say, my perceptions matter, the discrepancies that I see matter, well, now you're reclaiming your I, the primacy of the self, over their construct. And that's why I talk about objectivism, because objectivism is the philosophy that's rooted in individualism versus the collectivism and it's been subverted by being plugged into the mass media matrix and assuming that's an objective view of reality. So what I'm pointing out here is the skepticism this take of the off-world stage perspective is taking your eye back taking the self back and putting it into the equation and of course that's why from the WEF on down everything on the left it's always attacking the concept of the individual and individualism itself.
1: Yes, absolutely. That's the whole. That's the whole point, and uh, I think that that's that's really where where it's directed. Um, the the individual is the enemy, exactly because um, if the individual is given time and space, and is not uh, put under pressure, let's say by the group, uh, it will um, detach eventually itself. Even if it can't detach physically completely, um, for whatever circumstance, it will detach mentally and spiritually from the group. And that is, um, you know, it's loss of fuel. <laughs> you know, it's loss of fuel for this, let's call it metaphorically, this machine of the group. You know, the group is a a, a machine, basically, that um, is fueled by... It's a non-living machine that is fueled by the living uh, um, individuals that make it up, right? And so if if someone detaches from that, it loses fuel, and therefore it loses power, energy, whatever, right? Um, it yes. loses sol- solidity in that sense, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And,
0: and the idea of the individual who leaves is within religions. It's the apostate. And apostate's are considered to be worse than non-believers because the non-believer the heathen yeah. maybe they haven't been converted yet but the ones who were part of us and rejected us they're the true threat one they've rejected us and two they may have information that's destructive to the group even in the bible it's like it's better to have never known god than to have known god and rejected him there's some something in there about this idea that you're better off Having been totally ignorant than having known it and rejected. So there's a special hate reserved for the apostates. And Oh, um, hell,
2: right.
3: <laughs>
0: and, and one more thing <laughs> they've done with this idea of the super spreader is the healthy super spreader is the most dangerous person of all because they can carry it to unhealthy people. And they've bridged that to the healthy mind virus super spreader. So now, an individual like me, for example, with the ideas I'm spreading, is now a threat to the collective hive mind's integrity and its, its sense of reality. So I think they've already begun the process of preparing to insulate society against individuals who uh, reject these beliefs. That's kind of where I think we're at right now. You know, the idea that the individual is the biggest threat and it's the informed individual who is aware of how this thing works. Like We're kind of anomalous in that sense, like Neo's in the Matrix. And I, d- I don't think that's really an exaggeration of the position that we're in. And you can, you can look at that movie as a pretty you know, apt description of how things really work.
2: Oh yeah, uh, without, without all the uh, Hollywood stunts, yeah.
1: in, a, in a more essential way. The, the, the
0: conformity, the Agent Smiths, and the idea that yeah. you're, as an anomaly... Anyone
1: can become an Agent Smith, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's... Anyone that's,
1: can suddenly, suddenly transform, yeah,
0: yeah. Yep, exactly, it's, and it's what you described earlier. It's the the mob's self-defense, the mob's um, reflexive self-defense, where its individual components will work to defend the cohesiveness of the group.
4: yeah.
0: I mean, I've seen. Horrible- I was very
4: surprised. Go ahead. I was very surprised that they got away with that uh, asymptomatic super spreader angle. That that is just so ridiculous, and it really it worked very effectively. Everyone just bought that. Really, yeah. Well, that started that started
1: with uh, HIV, right? The idea behind HIV was very similar that you had a sickness that you didn't know you had and that you could um, infect another person with, right? So it started, that's why I say it's decades um, ago. So that idea was first implanted there, so it's more readily accepted this time because it's not like, uh, it it didn't come out of the blue. They had, oh no, it's like, for example, HIV, you know, Uh, you could have the virus and you don't know because it's not active, it's dormant or whatever, um, and you can pass it on to someone else. And uh, so the idea already was already in the in the building or or in in build up um, from way back, um, and and I think that the the blueprint was of co- of course in an external uh, um, setting was much more. Um, Aggressive, but the blueprint was more or less the same to the uh, HIV thing.
0: Well, I, I saw this clip from a Superman movie recently where they put him into quarantine, and you know I think he was like he said something about how he's 33 and he's as healthy as he could ever be, and they're like that's precisely why we have to quarantine you. And the idea was that he's an alien, and he could have something that could affa- infect humans who aren't from Krypton. And so even though he was healthy. It meant he had to be quarantined because, of course, he was now a bigger threat. And that's like what the most healthy, the most superior person on earth now has to be quarantined to protect the people who aren't healthy. It's part of selling the mind virus thing. Because what they're saying here now, the main argument is that free speech is okay for people who are mentally healthy. But there's people who are mentally ill or susceptible to extremism who would be negatively and adversely affected by what healthy mind virus super spreaders are even talking about therefore society needs to be protected from us to be protected from them like if they don't censor me there's going to yep. be a lot of shooters out there therefore i'm the problem and they've made that argument i think by the conditioning of us to accept the healthy super spreader and then correlating anti- Vax with misinformation, with mind viruses, and conspiracy theory as threats to the hive. And they successfully pulled this off. They've created a new enemy. And the new enemy is
2: the mind virus super spreader. Yeah, in the in certain. That... Absolutely. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. go ahead.
3: I was just to say, with, with that thought process, you can't even trust yourself, right? Because you don't know you're sick. You, so you have to give that control away. Um, you don't even know yourself. You, you have to, you know, ask ask authority if you're if you're able to go out if you're uh, asymptomatic, as they call it. Um, so you're, you're you're giving away that control of of just knowing knowing that knowing your own status. You have to ask someone else ask ask an authority.
2: Yes. And yep. if, if we were to defer, That's, definitely,
3: yep,
0: like if, if any of us here defer to an authority about any of the things we've talked about on this channel in the last week and the authorities will say, well, yeah, you're obviously mentally unhealthy. You know, you belong in a padded room. Like they will psychopathologize your disagreements. It's gaslighting. If, if you're perceiving things one way, the TV shows it another way and you're told to go with the TV and not your perceptions, they're gaslighting you. And gaslighting is about replacing your reality
2: with theirs, deposing your eye, your own sense of perception. Yes. People also wanted to be a part of um, the COVID stuff.
4: I I noticed it kind of like in people uh, that I saw who would like take that ridiculous um, thin strip they called a test and like... (laughs) test themselves and then um it would say it would say that it was positive or, so- or something and then they'd be completely fine but then they would just laugh i watched them laugh like an illness just like to be part of it and sit there on facebook all day telling
2: people about it <laughs> yeah, It know it's very interesting to watch yeah it was very very interesting having
3: a conversation with a friend that but- that told me he could be asymptomatic. And I was like, I said, Does it, that's not even a thing. What are you talking about? Like, I was like, before you heard that term, you, you only were sick if you had some kind of symptoms and you felt bad. Now you're telling me you can just be sick because of a test. It's just, it was just bizarre well, you know, to, what, to have that conversation with an intelligent person.
0: Well, what he said about people wanna belong to it. Um, I look at this as the installation of a new religion. True. And a lot of people are like, yeah, I am a sinner. I'm a lowly sinner. I am crap. I need to be saved. Save me now. I'm saved. Now I'm better than you, who can't admit your sinners. So there's this sort of like um, embracing of even, for example, the, the 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 people taking selfies, just showing how look, I am saved. Uh, there's a bit of virtue signaling, is what I'm saying. And we see this in religions, and we see it with this state-sponsored religion that they've just installed over us. So even though we may be conscientiously objecting to it and truthers in general reject it we have to remember that like, half of society embraces it they embrace this new faith
2: yeah absolutely
4: now, it was like a people it was like a bonding thing for people as well like a a lot of people really like it was a state bond they didn't realize it was a big bond with the state but also amongst themselves they were, it was a bonding thing like traumatic bonding or something
1: the word traumatic is of key importance there, yes, because that is exactly what led them there. It was the trauma. And that trauma has been a constant and and a constant buildup for decades. It, it didn't show up in 2020, it didn't show up um, you know, in 2001, uh, it, it, it's been building up uh, constantly uh, and increasing, and of course, there's ups and downs uh, to the intensity, but in a general sense, it has been increasing. that that trauma, that pressure has been increasing. Um, if I mean, for example, just look at just look at this, uh, even if we're to take that as a fact, okay? Um, I think there's never been um, this much investment as in the present in um the 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 medical establishment right for research for you know finding out uh drugs that can uh, potentially heal this or that and uh basically you have probably uh, um never healed uh, anything um over the course of all these decades that there's been an increase so you should have seen a result right you should have seen Okay, uh, there's been all this investment, which means that if it's true, if it actually does anything, uh, there's a result. And no, there is no result. In fact, we could even argue that there's an inversion and uh, more and more uh, people are um, ill in the sense of not being, not being well in some way or form, right? So, um, it, plays, it plays into, into trauma. Yes, it works through the the constant fear that uh, erodes erodes this idea of a decision maker inside inside one's mind, and once that is eroded enough, it will accept the group egregore and give itself over. I think so. Absolutely, a
2: uh, uh, lean lean Dion. I think that that word that you just stated is, is key.
0: Anyway, you mentioned the medical and you know, the uh, medical establishment, but I find it interesting to consider the role of this mass media mind manipulation in mental health. You know, We have a mental health crisis. It's always being talked about, but I'm wondering how can you have a system of mental health that is conforming people to a mind-controlled trauma-induced version of reality that doesn't comport with the real thing that necessitates that one's own perceptions are sidelined in favor of whatever the state-sponsored propagandists are putting on the TV in front of you. So I'm like, we're dealing with this concept of mental health as being adjusted to reality, but then reality's off-limits. And I'm wondering if there are any effects that maybe we don't see right now as in, you know, um, you know, this long-term propaganda, psywar, uh, and everything else. Like, what is that doing to people? And does it contradict mental health? In other words, you know, you have all these various ways of treating these uh, symptoms for these conditions. Well, what if these conditions wouldn't exist outside of this box? And my thinking on this comes from Dr. Yep. Gregory Bateson, who created, you know, group family therapy. He said. Mental illness doesn't occur in a vacuum. You can't just say, this kid's mentally ill, treat him at a psychiatrist. You've got to bring the family in and determine what is the dynamic that's creating this person's personality to react in this way. And when he looked at it in these group dynamics, uh, cybernetics and how it's all connected in a system, he, I'm talking about Dr. Gregory Bateson, who was actually part of MKUltra, by the way. But what he, I think, arrived at was a theory that could explain schizophrenia outside of organic brain dysfunction. As in, schizophrenia, mental illness could be a byproduct of environmental influences and strictly that. And that removing somebody from that could reverse those effects. And that line of thinking went somewhere. This guy had had some results in dealing with PTSD, you know, shell shock, and, and talk therapy to get people over these things. But it seems like that has been blanketed over by pharma uh, pharmaceuticals. But my point is, the theory behind it, I think, is true on a macrocosmic scale, not just on the microcosm, but that, yeah, collectively, we're in a system, and it's a closed system, and if somebody's having an effect, you can't separate the individual from the environment. And if the environment is mind control 24-7, bread and circuses, uh, psyop entertainment, divorced from reality you know how can that result in a sane society or sane individuals so like you know i'm, I'm just saying yeah. it's not even talked about because it's not even considered
1: yeah. for, for years i've uh, i've been observing that um the discomfort uh, we all feel towards um the external is our best friend and basically what these uh, diagnostics um, tools that they uh, are now implementing, what they do is to exactly try to so-called heal that discomfort. So to make you comfortable with the uncomfortable, right? And when the discomfort is already a sign that you are healthy, to, a, to at least to a bigger degree than perhaps uh, those that have already given themselves over to the group. So, uh, uh, the fact that you do feel the discomfort towards uh, um, the, the, the society itself is not the illness, it is the symptom of the disease of society, right, in that, in that way. And I mean, for example, if uh, nowadays you, you can say, oh, this child has attention deficit well maybe he doesn't have attention anything maybe school isn't interesting maybe what you're you're teaching him in school um is not interesting at all to a child maybe the way that you present things um do not spark its interest do not spark its curiosity uh, The the child's curiosity right so yeah the it means that he can't pay attention no he doesn't care it's a different thing right it's a symptom that the 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 teaching is uh is the problem and not the 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 child that doesn't pay attention to the teaching right so it's in in the same in a sort of uh, parallel way that's what's going on with us right we're the we're the children with let's say attention deficit to
2: their um to their teachings, right? Yeah, and you—that's a—that's a great
3: analogy, Armand.
2: Absolutely. But,
3: but yeah, maybe we, we have ADD to their reality. It's, it's not. I think you you've mentioned this before about things being compatible with the with the self or the person. Um, yeah, and maybe we're just not compatible with their reality.
2: Yeah, they introduced the phrase
0: "new normal." like this is the new normal where they they this is the new consensus we're all agreeing to these conditions and it's a it's a collective agreement and they get us to agree on these certain defaults and that's now the new standard and if you don't match that there's something wrong with you it's fascinating what they've done here where the individual now has to sacrifice aspects of themselves that don't conform in order to fit in it's the the hive mind, the box mentality, the Truman show, and it's a clown show. They make a clown out of you if you go along with it.
2: Yeah. Anyway, it's been about an hour. I'm going to, I'm not going to shut this off, but
0: I have to run some errands. I'll be in here on my phone, likely mobile, but uh, this will be the routine uh, in the mornings. You know, we'll be jumping into discord more and more. I'm glad you could all make it. I think we'll have a lot of um interesting conversations here. Uh, Thanks, everyone here commenting and and for the chat. And I will be uploading these recordings, so uh, you'll get these in your inbox as well. Anyway, so I'll see you all around. I'll be listening. Yeah,
2: Thank you. Uh, It's been very good. Yeah. Thanks, Tim. Awesome. Absolutely. Yep. Good to hear from all of you. See you all soon.